Welcome to The Real Review, sponsored by PicTalk and Parametric Studios, where you get some of the latest happenings, real thoughts, and real perspectives in the world of film and television. Today, we're discussing Denis Villeneuve's new film-slash-remake, Dune. It's the galactic world of Game of Thrones, except this time, things get even more spicy. That and more on today's episode of The Real Review, so stay tuned! Welcome to The Real Review. <laughs> all right anyway so what i was gonna say before is that i think this is a very <laughs> we just hop right into it there yeah i think this is like a very i enjoyed the experience ross i think and you probably enjoyed the experience but it's a very divisive film in that you're either gonna really enjoy the film and like it a lot you're gonna not understand the film and be like what did i just watch and who's who or you're gonna just hate it and i think you're probably one of those three categories I, I, I don't know. Maybe there's other people out there that have different opinions than that, but it seems like that would be the main three ways people would go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um, anyway, so you saw it uh, three times, right? He's pointing at Dave yeah, right Dave, now. Yeah, at yeah. least. Yeah, yeah, I'm Dave. David. Okay. Yeah, well, we can and do then... an intro if you want. Introduce each other because we don't really do that, like I said, uh, very often. So uh, on the mics, so this is Joel. Uh, and then we also have Dave. Dave, introduce yourself. Yeah, on. Dave. Hi, Dave. And then Ross. The one and only Ross Caligiuri. One and only. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, what there's that two of us. There is. <laughs> is that, are you named after a family member? Or? No, my mom named me after a, a doctor from General Hospital because when she was pregnant, she watched soap operas. <laughs> so there's two of you, but the other one's fictional. But they don't exist. No. Well, his last name is not Caligiuri. I oh. think his last name was Ross. I don't know. I've never seen General Hospital. Oh, me neither. I have yeah. seen Dune, though. Yeah, I was I t- do. Um, Luke and Laura back in the eighties. <laughs> oh geez, Rock, guys. yeah. I seen. I saw the original Dune. I didn't. I, that was the first. I didn't even know it at the time. It was the first David Lynch project I'd ever watched. Which I call him David Lynch projects because he's very. He's an auteur, is what you would say. So yeah, he yeah, yeah he is not for the masses. No, I think he took uh, yeah. his name off the original film. Did he? Or, I like I think he just that. one of the cuts. Yeah. Oh, one, one of the cuts. cuts. Oh, because okay. the studio. It was a very odd film. I mean, we don't have to spend too much time talking about that. Um, but Wait, the Lynch or the... The Lynch one. The, 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 the Lynchian yeah. one. Um, I get it. It had almost a, a weird silliness to it. And I think that it's, for some people it made a very cult-type film because with, silly, with like oddness and weirdness, it's always going to appeal to somebody. Like There's just too many different types of people out there for a weird film to not... Be enjoyed by some group of people um and it was this kind of like hodgepodge a very small audience of like people that were into sci-fi and people were just into the weird lynchian aspects of it but i don't even know how that i i tried to look into a little bit about that original production of the first dune film. well you're in luck because i know a lot <laughs> oh that's good yeah well i don't we don't have to spend too much time talking about it but i mean there was obviously a lot of difficulty in just getting it made like there was so many different attempts even with this current iteration to get this one made it's been constantly shipped around and different write-ups and i mean originally the director for it had like a it was like a hundred page write-up of what he wanted to turn into this like multi-film big thing like the very very first dune and that didn't end up getting you made about right jordorowski <clears throat> yeah i think so yeah that guy was crazy i yeah. mean <laughs> I, i've seen that documentary too yeah yeah uh, yeah he, he 
that whatever he, he wanted to make, it had great visuals and stuff, but that was not going to be good film. Gotcha. Well, it would have been interesting for sure mm-hmm. if pulled off, but it would not have been a translation of the book. Gotcha. He admits in the documentary he never read the book. <laughs> <laughs> How do you write a film about a book you haven't read? You just like, open up to a random page and it's like wings on an airplane. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He sends an assistant, summarizes his book for me, and then he gets the re- the write up and it's like, oh, worms in the sand. Yeah, and, but uh, but having said <laughs> that, spice, love, you know, <laughs> like paprika and yeah. Having yeah. said that, yeah, I love Alejandro Zodor- uh, Jodorowsky. He unbelievable. I don't know if you've seen like Holy Mountain. And- no, I've not. Oh wow. Yeah, you're I, in for a treat. I can go back and start checking out some of his content. <laughs> What's your familiarity, uh, Ross, with the? Dune just the Dune, just watching the Lynch film. Trilogy. You right. were saying, you know, people are into sci-fi or they're into like the weird Lynch stuff. Yeah. I'm kind of in that category that likes both. Gotcha. We both so like, I like that movie. We both like Lynch. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Dune fan, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, when Ross watches it, if you're a, Dune, uh, a David Lynch fan, mm-hmm. you can appreciate what it, what, what it is of David Lynch. Yeah. But to me, it's, it's, it's a, a faithful translation of the book mm-hmm. at the same time being a David Lynch film. And yeah. it's amazing. And then you throw a sting is. in there as an actor. <laughs> sting. And it's, it's awesome. The visuals were very um, strong, which I mean, that's kind of a David Lynch thing. He has a very, especially yeah. for the time. See, I like style. that. Yeah. But I like the surreal <laughs> stuff. I like the space navigator looking like that big, the big brain. Yeah. 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 That I, I looked into some of that aspect as well. And, I don't know. I, I know Frank Herbert, who's the writer of the original Dune book. Um, he was very, he liked the David Lynch version. Yeah. He was very much a fan of it. So the, big, the biggest problem he had was he wanted it, you know, it's impossible to film in one, uh, in one movie. He wanted yeah. to, or break it up or whatever. Yeah. And then that's when they started, you know, over budgeting or I don't know if it's over budgeting, but they yeah. just didn't agree on a cut. And, uh, mm-hmm. It turned into what it was. It seems like Dune yeah. has always had a had a issues but getting off the ground. It has, yeah. yeah. But it's yeah. still it's still good, even it's in its theatrical version. There's an extended version that adds that little narration at the beginning, which is basically just a bunch of concept art, but just kind of giving you a backstory to help you understand it. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to think because, like, when I was watching, finished watching, they're all this good. Current I like one. all the cuts. Well, there are even like, fan cuts that mm-hmm. are like. If you watch this current one, would you want to go back and watch the David Lynch one if you haven't seen it? And it's definitely a different style film. It's definitely a different tone film. But and it has the narration. Um, I mean, it has the narration, yeah. yeah. It's easy. It's more accessible, mm-hmm. even though it's David Lynch. Which but a lot believe. of the scenes really, <clears throat> I thought it honored the original film and making, and all at the same time, uh, making it modern. Yeah. yeah. I feel like uh, the original film kind of served as a storyboard concept for this new i I don't think it's a reboot it's more of a remake kind of like there's a lot of very similar shots the dialogue is presented the same way well that dialogue is from from the the book book. yeah so it's not really but you think about how much dialogue is in that book and they still chose that specific phrase and the line was delivered that same way you know so again like they obviously watched the lynch film before making this one absolutely i mean i think they did their homework Mm -hmm. it definitely feels like <clears throat> they knew where that original one from David Lynch came from, but also the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I should give the synopsis for it real quick here. So yeah. uh, 
Dune, uh, it's the feature agitation of Frank Herbert's science fiction novel about the son of a noble family entrusted with the protection of the most valuable asset and most vital element in the galaxy. Doesn't say what that is, but it's the spice the melange. Spice melange, yes. Uh, director is Denis Villeneuve. I hopefully pronounced that correctly. That's yeah, um, that pretty, pretty that good. Yeah. Really good. <laughs> Thank Actually. you. I actually looked it up just to make sure because, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, it stars uh, Timothy Chalamet, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa, uh, Stellan Skarsgård, Stephen McKinley Henderson, Josh Brolin. Uh, there's a large amount of people, so I'm not going to get into it. Of course, you know Zendaya is in it. Everybody, you know, knows. You got to name Jason Momoa because I did say Jason Momoa. Yeah. Bad. Yeah, Carry uh, on. he was a good character. I thought he was a little odd at first, like his tonality compared to this is a very serious film, like especially compared to the David Lynch one, which the characters in the David Lynch one were like extremes, right? You had this like extremely emotional, you know, bad guy. And then you had the very serious, you know, Paul Atreides. And, and this one, it was like everybody for the most part had these like they were either very serious or very like angry and sad you I know I, except for jason Momoa, who's like doing the back pads yeah, right. it's like hey buddy hey how it's you doing like, it's like the story is set in the year was it like ten thousand, a hundred and something yeah, 91 yeah. or something like that and then it's like so everybody acts like they're this future civilization right. except jason momoa except is jason. like your everyday man <laughs> from the 21st century came off the beach a half yeah, hour exactly. earlier he's like hey guys how you doing <laughs> but i will say i loved that they didn't uh mega man him you know he wasn't like a hyper masculine dude yeah and also they didn't over sexualize him they didn't find a reason to get his shirt off yeah right yeah you know? i agree so. he didn't he, it didn't look like he cast him to be an archetype of jason momoa like right. they didn't say we want jason momoa to be a jason momoa which is that big you know <laughs> surfer dude shirt off you know like yeah but like still his personality came through in the role which I think that's a, that's a good director, right? You know, you can bring somebody that's known for a different archetype and then put them in that role and they still fit within that character and then use kind of the strengths of who they are as as an actor or actress to really embrace that. Um, anyway, so uh, we were talking about the original, you know, Dune film with David Lynch. And my idea was, you know, if I'm I'm watching this new iteration, this new generation's Dune, if you will, and trying to figure out, is this something that if you enjoyed this film, you should go back and watch the original Dune? And I think so. Like, I think if you don't know anything about Dune, for whatever reason, you watch this one, the Denis Villeneuve, and, uh, Villeneuve, and then you're like, well, I'd like to see more. Like, go back and watch it. It'll for be sure. a silly kind of romp through the world, and you're going to get a lot more of the story. Like, you're going to get the second half of the story. And history. Um, and history, yeah. But it'll be interesting for you. Um, I don't know what you I, I watch the film like literally every month. It's one of my go-to films that I'll just put on. Yeah. Uh, so there's so many things about the uh, uh, original film, the David Lynch version, that like are so iconic. They're like so what other people view like a, as, a, as almost like a camp or, a, you know, over performance or whatever. Now I get Vladimir Harkonnen. like. Mm -hmm. That's over the top <laughs> performance, but yeah, I relish in it. Like Kevin Smith even referenced that that spit scene. You know, I just yeah. want to spit on your face just 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 once, and it's just like that. <laughs> big, I mean, it is a big piece of spit. Yeah, it just hits her face, <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, but like that is that's an insane scene. Yeah, uh, but more for me, more the the father son relationship stuff really hits hard. Mm -hmm. Oh, they didn't never remember uh, the guy yeah. that plays, uh, yeah, but Duke Leto in that in the other one about just talking how proud he is. I don't have children, but uh, 
I'll, well, we I'll are go. children, right? You know. Yeah, yeah but I would hope mom and dad. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it's twofold. I'd want to have a, a child that I'm that proud of. Yeah, and I want to be a father that my son would want me to be proud of him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it. There's a scene there. It's on the balcony, slightly raining. Mm-hmm. That speech, which is about you know the sleeper must awaken. Yeah, uh, I think if anyone's more guilty in this one of doing some slightly bad stuff in the film it would be his mom but i think she's still she's coming from a world like we're not going to get into it too much obviously but she's coming from a very different world and was kind of forced down this path and they don't even talk about this in the film but the whole fact that she had a boy um was a big thing like right. they don't she was again, only they, supposed to have women she's only supposed to have women which no, they, they, they don't really just, talk they're, well they're, they talk about that like she didn't really prepare her paul she didn't really talk to him about what was going on and he gets mad at her for that but they don't really i don't think talk about the whole reasoning for what she did and you know the the whole build up towards why she had paul instead of having a girl or anything like that um which so is a I, I part of it yeah i think the the jessica duplito relationship is just explored a little bit more in the in the the lynch film yeah yeah i which i love those scenes i, I love those scenes yeah i think um all I'm saying in that is that I kind of wish this film did not do a lot of handholding. Like you get at the all. bare bones of where things are at right now. And then it's like right into the story. Yeah. And you got to pay attention. You yeah. can't, like I said, you can't get up. And I was you know. kind of like, so a lot, I've heard one of the big so, comparisons so I've heard. Go ahead. Have you seen the Lynch film? Or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was a long time ago. It was a long or? time ago. Yeah. Okay. One, one of the big comparisons I've so heard. You're, of this. Yeah. You're, you're a good test audience for it. Like, right. Because. I know it back to forth and I read the book. So yeah, it's hard for me to gauge if your average viewer would appreciate it. So I'm interested in, in, in your thoughts. Yeah. Um, I saw the first one when I, when I wasn't as big a fan, I think of like, I, I, I had a hard time with the style and the style was so strong. The original mm-hmm. that it, it kind of turned me off and it wasn't the right kind of campy for me. Like I can get into a campy film, but it just felt so, unnecessarily <laughs> silly i guess at times and i and i can look back at it now and kind of appreciate it for what it was and i think some of that might not be lynch some of that might be the studio involvement and the way that they wanted the film cut to try and turn it into something because lynch is known for making these films that have scenes and shows that it's like what what does that even mean like and, and it well, has maybe a deeper meaning but you're not necessarily going to get it on first watching and um but, i mean the effects are very you know dated for that's what I was going to say. Yeah, and the effects but, are very dated, yeah. And but, there's montages in it, which you don't see very much anymore. But even, it's aged. At yeah, this point. yeah, you know. But yeah, but even in his spice visions, I mean, it's just so David Lynch. It's like, yeah. that's what I like appreciate <laughs> it for. But again, if you hate David Lynch, you're not going to appreciate it. I don't hate David Lynch, I would say, as a as a director. I just don't know if I've seen enough things of his that I like, <laughs> to be <laughs> yeah. honest. I mean, it doesn't mean that I'm like, oh, it's David Lynch, I'm going to dislike it. There's directors that are out there that are like that for me, but for him, it's kind of just like, you're still too much of an unknown. Like, I tried to get into Crimson Peak and didn't But, you really... know, they, they wanted him to uh, do a Return of the Jedi back in the day. That would have been interesting. I don't no, know. No, it would have been horrible. Yeah. <laughs> 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 interesting experience, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure he would have. He would have like he Palpatine been, having these weird flashbacks. Of he would have been and, fired off of that. Yeah, uh, probably in a white unicorn running yes. across the full moon. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> <random>. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's oh, like he's... George. I think 
It sounds like you should direct it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a pretty good Lynch impression. That's not bad, yeah. Uh so going oh, into God, <laughs> going into this film, I, I I had the base familiarity with the story elements, which was very helpful because one of the big things that I had heard from not just the group I was with, but like the group that you were watching it with, Ross, is they don't necessarily understand it. And I think having and that was something I was gonna say to people, like, in my opinion, just and if you can, just like go to, before you see the film, go to like a Wikipedia article. If you don't know anything about Dune, just do the base level research of yeah. this film. Figure out like the House of Tritus, figure out like the Emperor, figure out like what the, you know, the the creation of the universe, of this universe that we see it, you know, with yeah, the big they, war that happened. No, like, what the spice is used they, for. What the spice is used for, yeah. For the original film, first theatrical release, they had programs. Right. Which that, I think would have helped smart. this yeah, film. That would be kind of cool to actually bring yeah. that back. That would have been pretty cool. But yeah. like that would have really helped because it would it would have primed, I think, most of the people out there that aren't really into Dune or really into sci-fi with being able to just enjoy the story for what it was. But if you're not into Dune, you're not a big sci-fi fan, you don't know anything about it, and you just start watching this movie, it's a lot to take in because it's even as somebody that's knowledgeable of the world, it's a heavy film. Like the the themes, the cinematography mixed with the music. And the emotions in the scenes are very heavy and they're they're they hit you hard. And if you mix with that, I don't even know what's happening. That's just that's going to turn people off. So that's not all to say it's a bad film. That being said, I thought this was better at making it clearer what was going on. The, but everybody else I've talked to, yeah. I don't know what's going on. I think on, on the yeah. planet. So. You know, I don't want to give spoilers, so I'm trying to avoid it. But like, uh, they do a better job of what's happening on the Spice Planet, which is Arcadius. What was yeah, it Arrakis. Arrakis. Arrakis yeah. yeah, or I Dune. Agree. Just say Dune. They give you a better understanding of what's happening on the planet for mm -hmm. sure, but they don't give you a better understanding of what's happening in the universe. Right. Like when that agreed. When the Emperor's, um, you know, group shows up and they make that proclamation, you're like, "What is going? Are these like visitors? What are they?" Right. What are they doing? And like at that point, I was like, "Oh yeah, you really kind of need to know like who the emperor is a bit better and why and, he's accepting the name, proclamation." They name and, him several times, but they don't show him. Right. right. And if they had given you like even a five minute like, "Here's the emperor. Here's how he came to power. Here's why there's different houses yeah, Princess, and Irulan, how they make their money yeah. and the internet." You know, they talk briefly about the space travel being controlled by basically the spice runners, and now the spice is on. The planet and it's going to make a lot of money and then here's a couple houses but again i think but they only talk about two or three houses they don't yeah. talk about the seven or however but many see, yeah, actually, yeah, exactly. Burned, version is he who controls the spice controls the universe yeah you know, like, <laughs> exactly like, okay i got it yeah thank you it's and very just, civil and yeah. just other stuff like the women or at least the mother you know it's, i don't think it's a spoiler to say that she can kind of hear other people's thoughts or control yeah. people yeah. right and so they'll show a scene where she's staring at another woman, mm -hmm. but they're not explaining what's happening between the two of them. And right. what they're doing is they're trying to decide if one's lying or one's not. Yeah. Right. Or how honest of a, their yeah. intentions are. Yeah. They but very, they don't explain that. They don't explain all. it. They very briefly talk about how the, you know, the manipulation of the, you know, the birthing of kids into like having this ability to understand things differently and to use the voice. Like they very briefly tiptoe into that. And so that's a bit. It was. Yeah, it felt like a bit abrupt. Thousand year chess moves. Yeah. Right. And I mean, if you think about what they've done, how they've done it, I mean, they don't even talk about why. Excuse me. Technology is where it's at in the world, which yeah, was a big the, part of the formation of the Butler empire. And uh, right. Because it's like, well, why are you limited in space travel if you've got this like literally flying bug thing that can 
and you've got like shields that you literally can put around your body. It's like, why don't you have a supercomputer that allows you to do space travel? Like, why is it required? Like, they don't talk about that kind of stuff. But right. if you understand, oh, well, the emperor said, yeah, no computers that have sentient thought are above a certain level of intelligence. That makes sense. Right. You know, and if I say that, somebody, oh, okay. But if you're just watching the film, it's it's a little confusing. I think... It brings up what I said right when the movie ended. It just needs 15 minutes at the beginning. Yeah. Just a primer. Like, primer. that's really all I was thinking it would need because I think there was people out there, you know, like the people that you saw with, like the people that I saw it with, that kind of wanted to enjoy it. They wanted to like it. They recognized the the cinematography, what it was, and the actors for what they were, and the interesting story natures for what it, were, what it was. But they couldn't because they were so confused on what exactly Especially was Especially because we, we've learned so much. I mean, it's 2021 by now. Like, Star Wars has been around forever, and they all have the scrolling text. Right. Like, you could even do that for well, I'm more three used to, minutes. Yeah. It's, it's, this is not to fault Denis Villeneuve, but, I mean, we're also used to Marvel films. Yeah, for Where sure. it's like, you know, in the first 15 minutes, we get a very quick, this is the bad guy. And I, oh, I hate Tony Stark mm -hmm. because Tony Stark did this to my family. And so I'm going to destroy him. And that's like, you get, that's your basic premise yeah. of the plot, right? And every movie this now has that. to be, like you're saying, introduce the villain and then quick cut to action. Yeah. To get people in and then you can slow it down and right. start showing yeah. everything. And, which is not at all to attack. And this just ramped to me. It did. It yeah. ramped. Yeah. It's it's not to attack people and say that people are stupid, but it's like, that's what we're used to, right? right. So it's like, if you're going to do something that goes against the grain, that's fine. But again, you need to prime people and help them like kind of right. hold their hand into a into that type of experience. And I don't feel like this film did that. And I think for that reason, it's going to be good and accessible for Dune fans. And right. people that are really into like high sci-fi, they're going to want to research it yeah, and find see, out more. And yeah. But other types of people are going to be like, eh, it was a bit too inaccessible. And they yeah, won't go see the second it, one. Knowing right. it a lot, I heard all those beats yeah. that explained everything. Right. But again, if you're new, you, it might, you know, maybe go see it again. And Dave, Dave's thing. right. Like all the information is in the dialogue. Yeah. But it's you have there. to listen to every word and <laughs> comprehend do. every word. But yeah. again, that's... That's how I enjoy films. I, uh, you know, yeah. it's in that theater. It's with nobody around me. I love it. You know, like, yeah. but it's, like, to me, it's Blade Runner 2049 all over again. It's a freaking masterpiece to me, but well, nobody. I didn't like it. Blade Runner at all. Oh, 2049. I like yeah. the original, but this one, I, this one I liked. So I would just say our last review, we were talking about James Bond and we all liked that they didn't spoon feed you. Right. Yeah. And I think that there's different levels of spoon feeding. And Dune doesn't, like you said, doesn't hold your hand at all. No, it thinks okay, you're, it thinks you're an me, intelligent person. Yeah. It holds your brain. And you can <laughs> it like takes yeah. your brain into the. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope in 30 years this will be studied. Like I think, a, well, I think like it will. a classic film. Yeah, it was it made really well. I'm not graphing yeah. on it at all. Yeah. I loved uh -uh. it. Yeah. There was only I one moment in the entire time I saw it that it, I think I got taken out of the film. And that was because of a kind of a poor CGI moment which was when one of the, I forget what they call it, but one of the flying machines that picks up the spice uh, yeah, machine. The harvester. The yeah. harvester, yeah. It looked like the balloons on top of it looked really fake. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that's weird. I felt like they could have done that a little better. But other than that, the only See, time I, I ever came out of the movie was like people standing and moving around because it's a long movie right? and people thought, moved around. But I thought everything looked real. Yeah, like. for the most part, yeah. And they let the scene hang, which yeah. a lot of films don't do anymore, but it gives you time to think. So if you're stuck there saying, well, what's going on? They're yeah. giving you that extra 30 seconds at the end of a scene to kind of think it over, yeah. remember what was said. I, agree. I, yeah. I just love its sense of scale from like the big, you know, uh, Space and Guild ship mm -hmm. that the little dot would come out of. Yeah. <laughs> and then it 
you know, the next scene as it comes through the clouds lands on that platform is immense, mm-hmm. yeah. which gives scale to the thing you just saw two yeah. seconds ago in its background was a dot, you know? Yeah. It did that a lot. Like the ornithopters would be, it was like this wide shot mm-hmm. and then they would fly into the scenes and they were like dots or they would like fly over a cliff and then over on the side, you see a couple Fremen guys just walking. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it, yeah. to me, mm-hmm. it's gorgeous. Yeah. It and was, I, I don't know yeah. if they're called jump cuts or smash cuts, but there was just a lot of really cool editing, I thought, yeah. going on. It would depend, yeah. Smash cut and jump cuts, mm-hmm. kind of similar. Jump cut, usually you jump to an alternative, like... Non-linear uh, Yeah, jump. like a non-linear yeah. jump. Right. Smash cut's usually like the same scene, but it just like, boom, like jumps into it sort of but like when they're inside on or maybe Dune, that's the opposite and, <laughs> and the whole interior shot's pretty dark and then but then somebody's going to go outside and it just cut to that blinding brightness and that yeah. really gives you a sense of like it's hot it's sunny it's a desert yeah you know instead yeah. of like a lot of people would have you walk through the door with the character and slowly it brings up the brightness yeah one thing that you cannot i think attack the director on this and all the projects i've ever seen of his is tone he knows how to through the composition of shots through music through the faces of the actors and everything and the special effects he knows how to set a tone and Mm. stick with that and And, it carries and it carries and it's like this whole film you kind of had a sense of dread i -hmm. mean at least i did um and just kind of this slow moving disaster that you kind of you just felt even in the way he did certain close-ups to certain angles and just kind of like certain shots hung on like a black like open area and just kind of the way that the motion kind of happened, just the whole time you felt like, okay, something dreadful is building here. Something bad is kind of building here. And I thought that was very effectively done and was a really right. nice thing. And it meshes well with the uh, score. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that I heard referred to this film as, and I, and I liked the metaphor, but I felt like it was somewhat fitting and not, was it's like Game of Thrones in space. Mm. Um, it's like that, but I felt like the thing that Game of Thrones did better to make it more accessible to like anybody and maybe it's just because they had a bunch of episodes to do it but they talked about over time the history of you know house lannister and you the know past. the past more than and, just it's been yeah, ten thousand years right and they started a very simple thing it's like here's a friendship between these two houses and there's conflict there and then oh my gosh this kid and so mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like you kind of slowly build into the world whereas this one is like bloop you're in the world go and mm-hmm. it's like the the beginning of a huge shift that's happening uh, in the world without a lot of handholding. So I think it's a good way of looking at it. But like I said, I think if you're somebody that hasn't experienced this yet or wants to go watch it in something, you don't know anything about it, get get yourself a little bit of a primer. Just go read that. I know it sounds stupid, but just like go read the Wikipedia article about, you know, Dune. And the there's like parts of it where it talks about the history of the world. It's like, just read a little bit of that. And then when you go into this, you can really experience it for what it is, which is a really interesting delve into the dynamics of like power struggles and the role of parents in a child's life and even technology and religion there's you know the semblance of like what's the role of religion and is that you know what does that mean to people and even the idea i think of like you know heroes who is a hero and why why is a hero and i frank herbert talks all about that you know in his in his writing oh, the about book is, you know, yeah the book yeah. is so on point yeah way ahead of its time yeah i almost have to give him credit because it almost treats you as the audience as the idiot for not knowing about Dune. Yeah. So like how many people just walk up to a movie theater, or maybe used to walk up to a movie theater, which one do you want to see? Well, that poster looks good. What's it about? I don't know. Let's just go see it. Yeah. Like Dune is like, you need to know about this. 
before you see it. I mean, that's kind of the feeling I got. I don't know if it's better to have read the book or just seen this cold. Like if I was the same exact person I am and my same taste, would I would I like it just seeing it and then that's how I was introduced to the story or having known the book? It's hard to say. Yeah, very hard to say. Yeah, I I I read the book like over ten years ago. I saw the David Lynch one like over ten years ago. So it's like I feel like I. I kind of almost fall into that category of being unfamiliar with it. I was familiar enough with it that I knew like, you know, again, like House of Tritus and Spice and, you know, Sandworms and like, I know what all those things are. And, but I also kind of, I like, I like high, like high sci-fi, like high end, like, you know, they talk about high fantasy and low fantasy. This is like high sci-fi. Like I, I, I like that type of heady, you know, slow paced, slow burn. Like this is a very slow burn type movie yeah um you'll see stuff this, this is a new star wars i don't say star wars no it's I not mean, action yeah star wars but is dune like space never been opera so what was that dune has never been star wars no so to expect it you yeah. know when people say that kind of stuff it's like but it never aimed to be that right it's and, good well i mean it came out before, i wish this was <laughs> the kind of films that would get i mean it's doing well in the box office i don't think it's going to be like multi-billion dollar film or anything by any stretch no, but, HBO made sure of that. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's doing well enough. I mean... My fear is that kids today who maybe didn't even realize Dune was a thing before now yeah, didn't latch onto it. And so that if they make a second one, they won't go see it. Or in 20 years, they'll stop talking about Dune. Yeah. And even if it's not the best movie, I've really liked it. I want people to continue talking about it because maybe in another 20 years, we get another one. Yeah. Or well, this is... Part one, right? Mm-hmm. So, which I didn't know that. Me neither. I feel stupid. Until, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Until I came out this. I feel stupid. Like no, I that tried. was one of his stipulations on. Yeah, I try not to like. It's like we are not making this one film. Yeah, I I very much like when I when I first know about a film that I'm interested in coming out, I'll do very little. I'm I'll probably watch the first trailer, and that's kind of it. Yeah, I like um, to go in cold. Yeah. Yeah, I like to go in completely cold, and sure enough, I sit down it's part one what i was like oh my goodness this is only gonna be part one and then you start getting in there i'm like oh i see what you're doing like i see how you're setting this up you're really you're saving some of the more (laughs) spicy type scenes i guess i should say for the next film uh without spoiling it and i hope they take note and if they're gonna they haven't filmed the second one right no they need to have a moment they don't even have a contract for that yet i don't want to give a spoiler but they need to have a moment where some of the characters sit down and explain the history of the world to somebody else well i think you're i think in the second one it's going to open up the cast because half of the cast just got killed right spoiler sorry oh but but i'm saying i think it's going to expand in the in the second cast because to me this is like an act one it is wasn't even that it's setting this it's like positioning the chess pieces in a, yeah. in a certain sense i mean they're not fully in place yet obviously i mean there's still some transition happening but certain pieces are definitely in place and we're seeing how other ones sort of shape out it's like the black pieces or the white pieces are in place and we're waiting for the other side of the board to kind of get there i um, will say this was either the quickest i've been into a movie i think of all time yeah like the very i don't know you honestly i'm kind of curious if you're experience the very opening line of dialogue yeah. i was like oh i'm into this okay yeah I, Wait, and talk, then i got a little bit out when i saw part for the uh, warner brothers logo yeah like the very boy i think we need yeah. to do it at the same time yeah there we go that would create that is you do your 
Oh, that's gonna work. And he just says dreams are messages from the deep. <laughs> and that's like, anyway. Yeah. Well, I just tried to keep it moving too. Yeah. Um, but I was in right yeah. away. And then it said part one, and I was like, wait, what? It was funny that when that <laughs> moment happened in the film, I was like, I think Ross would like that. I, I mean, you write a book that's about dreams, right. and so I was like, oh, yeah. But the sound, and like, I knew immediately the sound design was going to be good because, yeah. like, that uh, didgeridoo that you're doing. Yeah. That, I mean, that's pretty accurate to how it actually sounds, it but it's in surround like it. sound. And it's, yeah. Yeah. Which I think worked itself as well into, and we didn't talk a lot about this, but the music, mm -hmm. you know, the music is a very much like a tribal, almost kind of, I don't know, which I don't want to sound insulting, but it's like a tribal Aborigine kind no, of I really felt feel like to it, it at times. It, yeah. it really worked with that Islamic uh, There's bagpipes in it. Just everything. Yeah, yeah. bagpipes. Yeah. But it's cool because every house, every so house and yeah. every like group of people kind of had their own theme. And then when they came together, those themes meshed. Yeah. And it was yeah. really awesome. Which yeah. is good filmmaking. I mean, it, it, you want, I, I think that's good sci-fi, I should say. It's like you want the sci-fi to feel relatable to our world, which is like you could see a Scottish tribe, right. a Scottish house rising up. And then even like, you know, 10,000 years in the future, they're going to have bagpipes. Because like, right. it's just the traditional like, like that's. I, but I think about good. like Star Wars iconic uh themes anyway but it's like darth vader has a theme skywalker mm -hmm. you know force good force has the theme but when they come together they don't mesh them yeah this did a really good job of meshing those musical themes together i agree right yeah the, but i didn't i didn't, i loved it but i didn't feel like it had a uh those you know hits or beats but yeah just like uh more distinctive themes on on stuff but i, think, I agree yeah yeah no, it's more of a vibe, I don't think more of a vibe. Yeah, yeah there, were, there weren't more points that really warranted it. I thought maybe toward the end, but uh, as I watched it again, I was like, you know, no, I like that. Yeah. Like, like whenever it showed the ships of the, how are they called? Like the Harkonnen? Harkonnen? Yeah. Like the electric guitars coming in, you know, and it's not yeah. really a melody, but it's dry. It's like a driving vibe. It right? is, yeah. yeah and that drum cadence. Yeah. <laughs> the whole soundtrack felt like, and this is kind of a Zimmer thing, I guess. Like if you look at, uh, I think you did Tron, right? Didn't? On Simmer Dutron with uh, Daft Punk. I don't know. Anyway, the whole oh, soundtrack, I thought, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. But it was that, Daft but, Punk on it. I didn't know if yeah, they worked with anybody. Um, but the whole the whole soundtrack to me felt like an. It never felt like it ended. It felt like it started at the very beginning of the movie, and then it just kind of continued and slightly changed and morphed yeah, into different parts into different things and flows in and out it, of right. the actual sound design. Yeah. Of which was an interesting choice to me because I think to your point, um, I'm kind of more used to like thematic, right? Mm -hmm. So like you'll see Paul and he's like, you know, the hero in a sense and it'll play like the hero's theme, right? Or then you'll see House Harkonnen and then it's like the mm -hmm. like you'll have like the, the, the hard metal sounds with that would be their theme. And every time they're a big function, you're going to have those familiar sounds. It didn't really feel like that. I kind of want to go back and study the music a little more and see if it did more of those thematic things. House Atreides, I think, is when you first hear the bagpipes. But yeah. then when Atreides and Harkin and meet, you hear both together. Okay. And that's what I thought was just awesome. I mean, I that's, that's like too well. attention to detail. I yeah, guess, to I, me, absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it's a usage of different instrumentality mm -hmm. to tie together different elements in the film. So, yeah. yeah it's great. Just a very, very unique score. It was very Loved unique. It. Yeah. And uh, I think part of it very as well is it's very ambient. I was like, oh, would this be something like if I was going to try and score a film, like what direction? I don't know. I don't want to go down that path because I feel like if I start talking about what I would do, then I'm in the wrong place. Um, I do think, just trying to think of more spoil, uh, non-spoilers. Yeah. Uh, 
you don't have the narration in this one. We've talked about that. The Lynch one does. This yeah. is not. Um, so you really are kind of forced to learn about the world through the main, I guess Paul's the main character, right? Through yeah. his experience and his life. So you don't go in knowing anything about the world and you only learn it as he does. Yeah. So it still works, I think. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, we've been talking for a while now. I think people that haven't seen it, hopefully you have enough info with minor spoilers. I apologize for that. But um, let's give our overall uh like rating for it, and then we can move into kind of more spoiler talk. Does that sound good? So yeah, yeah go ahead. You want me to go? You've seen it the most times. I think you should go first. How many times have you seen it now? I think it's four. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, what what is the rating? What are we doing? Zero to a hundred. Zero to hundred. Yeah, it's like an eight. We haven't had a zero yet. Will this rating. be the first zero? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. One. Well, it actually is Two. the first zero. But it has another zero in it, and the one, uh, one is right in front of real oh, zero. Wow. Yeah, for sure, hundred nice. percent. Nice. Wow. This is, yeah. I walked out of this movie feeling the way I did when I walked out of Blade Runner twenty forty nine was just like a complete cinematic experience. It was, it was awesome. That's right. awesome. On all counts. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah, makes I me was, happy for you. I was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you can yeah. have that kind of experience in cinema, that's beautiful. Like I said, I, I just I was impressed with. The tell, retelling of the story, the honoring the source material and honoring David Lynch's film mm-hmm. all at the same time, all while incorporating newer, trendier actors that just right. didn't suck. Yeah, and, and that's how you do fan great. service, yeah. right? I mean, it had all kinds of fan service. Yeah. Like you said, it like honored Lynch's film. It didn't just mm-hmm. be like, oh, we're going to pretend that never happened. <laughs> yeah. 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 Go ahead, Ross. Uh, I feel like I always have to give contingencies with my ratings, but I'm going to do it on this one too. Yeah. So for me personally, liking Dune, yeah. right, liking sci-fi, I'm going to give it a 94. I okay. think Dave is absolutely right. This will be looked back upon and used in study of filmmaking and all kinds of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it hit all the right notes for me, but I also know the story. Yeah. For somebody who doesn't know the story, I'm going to take 10 off. I'm going to give it an 84. I okay. still think it's worth seeing. Yeah. And I think if you are confused, open up an article, read about it, get yeah. excited for the second one. I think that's fair. That's mm-hmm. closer to where I'm at. I feel like I'm always between you guys, which right. is funny, but I'm I'm giving an 89. Yeah, right in the middle. Um, yeah, it it was on the cusp. I feel like there's enough there for me that if you just enjoy films and cinema, even if you're not familiar with Dune and you just watch it, you should be able to, if you really pay attention um, really hard, um, then I think you'll get enough of the story to make it still a good viewing experience. Again, even if you've never seen Dune stuff. And I think the combination of factors with, cinematography the world building the inventiveness of just you know how they put everything together um made it really good there was some pain points for me and some difficulties and we'll get into that kind of more in the spoiler track but yeah i would say too every every line of dialogue that is spoken in that movie has a purpose except for some of the jason momoa stuff but i excuse it because i like him and it was nice that they just let him be jason momoa stuff Agreed. yeah so i don't know it just didn't feel like there was any fluff but having seen it, thinking like, ah, uh, there are some problems, would you see it again now that you know it's on HBO Max? I, I would see it again, but not for, and this is one of the reasons it's probably lower, um, not because I was like so entertained by it. I would watch it again because I wouldn't study it, like you said. I want to figure out, and like I talked about, does the theme play through with these characters? Is it just an instrumentality thing at different times, or does like, each indistinct distinct character have their own thematic thing going on or mm-hmm. you know how do they edit yeah, this do shot you, do or, you understand that little mouse right and there was enough like i was catching up on with the story that i was somewhat familiar with 
that I was trying to like pay attention more to like, okay, do I understand who's that person and why they're doing that? So watching it again would help me to just look at it for what it is. But again, I wouldn't watch it again because I was like so entertained by it. I will say I watched it with people who had never seen or heard anything about Dune. Yeah. And no offense to them because they're great people. I wish I had watched it either alone or with people who had knew a lot about Dune because I kind of was distracted some of the time thinking, are they picking up on this? Did they even hear that last line? Do they know that that's important? Yeah. And when you're watching something, you don't want to be distracted by obscure thoughts like that. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So with that, we will get into some of the spoiler talks. If you don't want any of that, um, go ahead and turn the podcast off now. Five, four, three, two, one. So much death. So much death. <laughs> Isaac, Momoa. I mean, just sad stuff. Uh, Brolin. I, we didn't really get a distinct Brolin death scene, did we? Right. As I was thinking about that as we were talking about. But if you know about the story. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hint, hint, right? Yeah. Can we spoiler the second one, even though it's not out yet? No. How does that work? Well, you don't know how they're going to interpret it. But... Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I thought overall, so if we're going to get kind of more of the, spo- the spoiler talk, I think that involves more the the characters and their, their story arcs and everything like that. You all right? Oh, you're cold. Oh, yeah. we can turn the air conditioner. We turned it down on purpose because we were trying to like, I don't know, predict that cool it would it get hotter in here. And we turned oh. some of the fans off, so. Um, yeah, but I like it. I'm, I'm usually a hot, Thank I run, you. I run Thank warm. So if other people don't, I get and that. And I though. usually wear a sweater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the things that I, that I thought was very nice about this was that each character that was, although there was a large cast of characters, everybody in the story had a reason for being there and it felt like they served a distinct, they served their purpose in the time that they needed to serve their purpose. Except for, and I'm just going to be honest and say this was a negative, uh, Zendaya. I don't have anything against her. I think she was fine in the role. I feel like there was about four too many to five too many to six too many flashback scenes. To her. To her. To not have her even really be in the movie. Exactly. I mean, I can only deal with so many like, oh, she stabs him. Oh, she's got a bloody hand. Oh, she kisses him but doesn't. Or like, I, I got the idea that. She's this potential romantic interest that could be deadly or could be whatever. I only need to see that like two or three times. Um, so when I said there need to be 10 to 15 at the front of the movie, yeah. I also think they could have just added 10 more at the end with the Freeman. Yeah. Right. I would have been fine with that. Just to like get you excited about that next one a little more. Yeah. Right. I agree. Yeah. And they could have had scenes with her then that I think, I don't know. It's weird to just like flash the face of a girl and you're like, okay, well, I guess she's going to be in the second one, but why yeah. not have her do something? Yeah, it was weird that... Well, it didn't really, you know, give the Fremen's point of view at all. At I know. All. And that was one of the things that I felt like it I would will. have enjoyed a little it more. Will. Well, it was but like... again, like if you're just watching half a film. Yeah. So I think it needs you to wait two years. The whole, but yeah. Well, but then were... again, coat. Yeah, so it was like they word, were they know. were comfortable jumping to like the Harkonnens perspective, right? They showed conversations that were happening between the the Harkonnens and and basically saying like you know oh well this is that, and but they weren't comfortable jumping to like Zendaya's perspective. And I was like, why not give her a little bit right. of act? I, I maybe you're trying to build or up this Javier like, Bardem, yeah, or Javier kid. Bardem, right? right. Well, I, I get that you're trying to build up that thing, but it's like that would have helped me to flesh out the little world. The world a little more yeah but i think it was perf- purposely made mysterious and unknown like 
what they knew about the numbers. Like when Duncan came back, like you know, the numbers they were off. Yeah, they're yeah. like they thought there was ten thousand, yeah, a million. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get some of that, but I would have been yeah. fine with seeing a little bit of Jason Momoa get into that fight. Like, don't just tell me. Oh, I was wandering oh, I'm around. I'm sure and it's then... on the cutting room floor. That, because, you know, I would have that, been fine with it instead they, of the used, 10 flashbacks that yeah, I got. They used the Duncan <laughs> scenes with yeah. the Fremen yeah. as a vision. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. so that, I know that something was shot. bugged me a little bit. Where he, That's the first time you're seeing, uh, on the planet, you're seeing Mimosa Duncan. Yeah. And he says, it was the toughest fight I've ever been in. You know, well-trained right. or whatever. Show me. And then they show the first fight with Duncan, and it's not that big of a fight scene. So no. I don't know if the director just couldn't really do the action that the I was expecting. The action this was not very yeah. impact, like especially the hand-to-hand combat. Right. It all felt very, like, right. s- simple it didn't feel like duncan had been training his whole life to be a soldier in Saad's army you know what i mean it just felt like he was really tough and strong and quick it was all the fights were very quick boom boom boom, dead boom boom boom, dead Mm -hmm. and i guess that kind of makes sense right like if you're trying to be the most effective so i think that line able to kill people quick the line doesn't land when he's like it was the toughest fight ever been in it's like you're saying show us then right right i i'm like cut back on the amount of I, I was fine with the idea that like, hey, we're going to show you this expanse of desert and we're going to show you these palm trees so that would, later when they're burning, it's a symbolic thing. And like, I get that you're setting all that stuff up, but it's like, I would have enjoyed more of the show me that fight, you know, show me what the Fremen are up to. Show me what like other things are happening that isn't just to set up a right. tonality. It's like in the movie. But it's actually to tell you more of the story in the world. It's in know? the movie Troy where it's like, bring out your champion, right? And they don't just go, well, Brad Pitt, he's the best fighter ever. Yeah. And not show you. They right. show you like him overcoming a six foot eight Agreed. giant. It could have yeah. used a little more of the Troy factor. Yeah. I guess. Well, I mean, that's just, that's how you <laughs> do it. To me, it's like defeats him in one blow. Yeah. yeah. But you could tell me all day you're the best fighter in the world. Yeah. But you got to show me that. You got to yeah. show me that. Yeah. Well, so that he's here. Yeah. yeah but, but I did love that entrance of Stilgar where he's like, stop. Just keep on walking. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was good. And he yeah. spits, and then Mimosa really like, carries it a little further. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like the... trying to be all proper. We yeah. accept your blessing. Yeah, and, yeah. and they all like spit uncomfortably. Like, yeah, like you can tell they're not yeah. used to it. Yeah, I thought that was good. I one of the things that was weird to me. Well, I won't say weird to me was I just think again he did. Denny Villeneuve did a Villeneuve did a great job setting the tone of the film throughout, and it felt like again. There was this slow moving train wreck, this slow moving disaster that was kind of like coming. And so when it happens, you're like, oh, okay, there it is. I could have used a bit more, I guess, abruptness in that regard in like the surprise and the shock of it. Um, And then in the other sense, spend like when a Game of Thrones shock moment happens, as much as I like, you know, Game of Thrones did bad things too, but so I don't want to keep talking about how they're great or something. Um. (laughs) I'd be fine with more of an abrupt shock instead of this slow burn build towards if it allows me to get more into the world, right? right. Like if it allows me more time to get into the characters in the world and showing other people's perspectives, because obviously you're going to, you, you're comfortable doing that. Um, like give me a little bit of the, I don't know the backstory of the, the I forget his name, um, the assistant that ends up betraying them. Um, the doctor? Yeah. Kinds. Yeah. Like, mean, give, no, me a, uh, give me a little uh, bit more time Dr. with him. Yui. Right. To show that betrayal. Wellington. Even more effectively. And so, I don't know. I, f- I do feel like a lot of the slow burn does pay off, though. And one example I was going to bring up is when uh, Paul is talking to his dad. And he's like, what if I'm not ready to be the Duke or the leader or whatever? Yeah, and then I, like. I wrote the line down. But he's, the dad says, a great man doesn't sink to lead. He's called to it. 
But if your answer is no, you'll still be the only thing I ever needed you to be, my son. Yeah. And he delivers it so well, that slow burn to get to that moment yeah. was done so well that I feel like that's a real payoff. I agree. Yeah. 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 Sorry. We... No, this is, yeah, this is beautiful. I thought, <laughs> I thought that- Like I said, I love those moments between the characters. Like mm -hmm. the, the best thing about, I think, a lot of the characters in the film is the relationship dynamics between them. It all felt very real. It all felt very honest. It felt like- Yeah. Those yep. would be the kinds of relationships that you had that weren't just being artificially, you know, like the mom having had Paul outside of the blessing of the church group or whatever they're called. Um, obviously, she's not going to share all those details with him, not just because it's going to protect him, but also because she's ashamed probably of the fact that she went and did that. And so there's this struggle of like, I'm trying to protect you, but I'm probably also ashamed of what I did. Um, and so I thought that family dynamic was good and then i love the dynamic of the father-son relationship right. and you're like it almost is like this kid has a really good like usually you'd see this kid and he'd be spoiled and you know the parents would be like self-centered and but it's like no these are good people mm -hmm. like for the most part they're trying to do their best for the fremen you know well, they're, they're like saving the middle, people's they're lives. The middle class people that just got a lucky break yeah they're gonna go make riches and yeah yeah, yeah. um and there's a really another good slow burn where paul says something like you know grandfather chase down bowls yeah and the dad just says and look where that got him and it's like referencing that he died and, and you know yeah he's a farmer or whatever yeah. fight yeah <laughs> but then throughout the movie you notice that in his office he's got the bowl head yeah and then when they move to dune the bowl head comes they unpack it yeah and then there's like a, a little trophy or whatever you want to call yeah. it, a trophy but a statue mm -hmm. of a bowl fight and all this stuff and you start to realize that even though the dad said that line like look where that got him mm -hmm. he still respected his yeah. father and his legacy there's right? a heavy amount of respect but they don't that. ever tell you that it's no. just on the camera. It's in the camera. Right? Yeah. A yeah. lot of it's just uh, shots. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's Sorry. incredible. So even, I think if you, even if, on his, uh, oh yeah, we're in spoilers. Yeah. Even at, at his death, he's at the angle he's paralyzed at, he's looking at it. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. No, Is it he? cuts to it. Oh, cuts oh, to it. Oh, right I didn't see that. They're in that room. Because every, oh, everybody, yeah, yeah, everybody has their own that. bowl to chase, right? Like, I didn't I notice know. that. Yeah. It's, it's just, just that's actually yeah, cool. We're talking about like it doesn't spoon feed you or hold your hand, but it's no. all in there. Right? Yeah. And it's, I don't know. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I like, I mean, I just love this, the, the speech about the, it's in that same scene about the, you know, we came to power, you know, from sea power and air power. Yeah. It's like the way to win Iraq is, is desert power, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is understanding his land, understanding his people yeah. and utilizing them instead of butchering them you mm -hmm. know like they're yeah. enforcing it yeah yeah they're they're ways that they are there's a reason why you know the atreides are becoming so popular mm -hmm. because he you know understands people in his fair you know just like he's a, a good, good it's ruler. a good house he's a good ruler he's not yeah. trying to just put them under the thumb like yeah. he's trying to be fair and exactly. just i like how they yeah. stay consistent too so like we're talking about the metaphors and the bowls and stuff but like the hollow shields, I don't know what the technical name is for them, that the def defensive yeah, shields, yeah. The body they shield don't things. ever tell you what that does. Yeah. They show them hit a button, slap the knife on the hand, it changes into a different color. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then yeah. all of a sudden, a lot of people are wearing them yeah. later in the film. But like, again, nobody sat down and goes, oh, this was made 10 years ago. This should keep you safe from a 50 pound hammer. Yeah. You know, just you know what was interesting to me in the shield thing, and I don't know if this was like a choice that they made on purpose, but there was very little blood. Like right. very, very little blood. And then you had that one scene or a couple scenes where he's having, you know, the visions and you see like Zendaya's hand covered in blood and you see him like get stabbed and blood well, it's, falls it's out. It's way more impactful. Right. Yeah. And it's like, I'm wondering if he did that on purpose. 
But that also made the fight scenes a lot of times that they were having, like Momoa and stuff, feel very like PG. Yeah, it I was picked like, up on that too. It right? was like a Marvel fight because it's like when a person gets killed and they just go, Ugh, and they I fall. Know. I you was know? watching it again, you know, a couple times, obviously. But uh, I like how every move came into, I mean, it's very subtle, but it would lock the opponent's hand out to yeah. where he was right there to slit his throat. Yeah, but I mean, you'd think it would like spray on him a I little wonder, bit or yeah, the walls or the ground. Yeah, it would get uh, on his hands, it would get on his face. I, I thought know. about the blood too, and Duncan has the blood when he gets ran through, Yeah, right? Yeah. So the knife actually goes through him. Maybe the shield stopped the penetration, but like they're breaking a neck. Well, or it's, it's, yeah. The right. slow blade penetrates the shield. So a slow moving target can right. go through. Which is the purpose of that little fly thing. Yeah, yeah but that's why I think they weren't using guns because yeah. bullets would they not just penetrate. They would have just bounced off, yeah. yeah. Right, but yeah. I liked it that it was like yeah. You know, I, I think some people complain, but I like it that it was, it was a just, uh, a sword battle or actual warring or armies that actually collided. And yeah. there was a shot where one of the Harkonnen ships uh, was actually shot down out of the sky, and it it follows that ship and it goes down like it's gonna hit the ground, but then it. Uh, it actually goes below the the shot, and then the shot is of the two warring, yeah, uh, the Harkonnens and the uh, uh, Atreides coming together. And right as they come together, the explosion from that ship, yeah, goes in between it. It's mm-hmm. gorgeous. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I thought that was really oh. cool the way the camera kind of rotated into <clears> that. I think uh, to so you know if we talk about this in the the realm of Game of Thrones or even Star Wars. Mm-hmm. The battles that take place in those films, you feel a distinct, like, struggle between the two sides. You feel a distinct, like, here's what's at stake over here, and here's what's at stake over here. And the struggle works that itself out in the battle. And I think maybe it was like an action thing, action directing, maybe because they were trying to make the focus more on the story and less on the action elements. That was one of the negatives to me was that the battles that happened just kind of happen. <laughs> and it's like, boom, 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 everybody's dead. Boom, 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 a bunch of stuff blew up. Boom, 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 they get invaded. It was like, yeah, I it needed was more a couple of a wide shot. Yeah, I needed a couple moments of just like feeling the stakes of the fight, like feeling the the most that we got of that was kind of like the intro fight between Paul and um, Josh Brolin's character. Um, Gurney. Gurney, yeah. Like that was the most like in said in a sense stakes that i felt like i was getting even though i knew like nobody's gonna die here but it felt like the most emotion went into yeah, that I'll and like, then obviously again a, a little bit at the end but the fights are so abrupt right. I'm, I'm thinking of the gurney scene where he's running towards the army that's coming and yeah. he just yells on me and it's yelled with passion but it doesn't land it doesn't, it doesn't land yeah yeah i didn't feel like uh yeah the desire to save your duke Right. Was there, it right? just felt like we're going to fight and we're going to lose. And yeah. it, that is what it is. And yeah, like even, I wanted them to put that armor on that they came to Arrakis with. Like, yeah. what are you getting your jacket for? Get that armor. <laughs> <laughs> it just has to do to me with like shot selection, showing the action. Like when um, Jason Moe's character, Duncan, decides, you know, in a sense, he's going to sacrifice himself to save Paul, uh, to save his mom. Um, that scene has a lot of weight, right? Oh, that, you know, I he thought chose that was it, really right? good. He shut the door. That. Yeah, and he does that, Blade and then the head. he gets into a fight with them all, and it's all like, boom, 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 he gets stabbed, falls down, and then it's like, nope, he's not dead, and then mm-hmm. boom, 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 and then he falls and he's dead. And it's like, I just needed a couple like more emphasis moments of like showing struggle, showing the, the difficulty on his face, showing 
you know, a cut being on his, getting his arm and he like comes <clears> back. And it was like the pacing of that. I think it was a pacing thing. I think it was well, just the way that the fights were paced. A good example that's in Lord of the Rings is it the second one where the dude's getting shot with all those arrows, but like yeah. keeps getting back up to his feet and fighting people and then yeah, gets spoiler. shot again. Well, <laughs> totally that movie's 20 years old at this yeah. point. No, but yeah. exactly. Yeah. You, so you're like, like, oh, oh no. Oh, so like no, to rise stop. up from the dead, like you're the undertaker in a WWE ring. Yeah. You know, it's like. <laughs> kind of did that sound effect when he popped up. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh you're going round two. Bid. Hey, I, I could only hope that I get seven different cuts of the freaking film that get re-released and then in box set uh, yeah. Blu-ray edition. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, I hope we get an extended cut of this. I'm sure why, there's why a lot Lord more. Why is Lord of the Rings the only sure one allowed to have 12-hour cuts? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, official 12-hour cuts. Like, give that to me. I'm sure they'll Everybody. do that for this. Yeah. I, I hope they do. I, I think they will. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got to imagine they put as much production time into this as they could. Uh, maybe it's a budget thing. Maybe because no, I know. I think it was pretty much done before COVID. It just, I know. I'm just saying like Lord of the Rings had the benefit of they were shooting all three of the films back once. to back to back. And so they had to cover as much as they possibly could. They shot tons of extra footage, different options, different ideas. And then they basically were like, well, now we're going to cut it and we see what we don't want to include and what we do want to include. Like they knew they had the story that they wanted. I, they just I, didn't know how much they would include. This one, I don't know. They might have had a very like, this is your time. This is your budget. This is exactly what you're going to shoot and is in the can. If, if there's yeah, more content but I mean, there like, than the mm-hmm. cost effectiveness. I mean, I got to think like, okay, are we going to use these sets again? Are we going to be, you know, in this area or yeah. whatever? Especially in the desert, like you couldn't pick up a couple shots like that's yeah, crazy. Just film but everything. You never know. Film <laughs> <laughs> yeah. everything. Film the bug. Oh, wait, they got the but bug. I think they did. There's a couple you know, shots of a Jason random Momoa bug. Jason was talking about five hour cuts, but of course, that's just, you know, the film being put together. It's yeah. never an actual. But I'm sure they got a lot. Yeah, I think to me, it's like what what improved it in some areas. Oh, I could, made it an A for me was if they would cut back on a little bit of the symbolic nature of things with the all the flashbacks. They spent a little less time on kind of like the unnecessary shots and the like. The shot of the mouse didn't do anything for me. The shots of like picking up the bug. I get the idea with the burning palm trees, but like I don't need to know about those. You could have just shown them being watered and the significance of them being there, and then showing them burning later is like. It's the same symbolic nature. I didn't need to know that they were like the another thing, thing. I was the mouse. I think he's named after, but they don't actually do it at the end of the scene, so right? So like you'll I, see it maybe later, right? But, but like spend a little more time showing the other characters' stories, showing the Fremen. I could have. I could have used the Baron is a very evil person. So that oh, when so that when he show, kills the, whatever he's on on screen to me he stole the show. But yeah, ahead. well, so yeah, but that that yeah, character itself a gift, not a gift. Yeah, <laughs> that's my favorite line. It just yeah. to me it was like really evil and driven. And he was great. Uh, so in this movie though, like by the time the scientist guy's like, I did everything you wanted. I brought you the Duke. Mm-hmm. You know, you said I could be with my wife, and yeah. he said, Yeah, I didn't say she free. was alive. He said, Set her free. I'll yeah. set you free too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That felt evil, but then like the by the hair. Yeah, and cut his throat. But then by the time he gets the poison breath, I don't really care because he wasn't shown to be that evil person. Like in the Lynch film, he's pulling out the heart plugs. Yeah, you know, yeah, and like they yeah. just show you, like he doesn't care. Yeah. He's just evil. No, I mean the uh, the pus bubbles that they have to like extract out yeah. the yeah yeah pus, like to you know in in terms of cleaning it or something. So I think just you just care more that. when right. he dies. Or, I yeah. think dies. to me in this film, he was evil because he looked evil and he sounded evil, right. and he kind of did something underhanded. Right. But in the Lynch film, you're like, okay, I've seen him do some really bad stuff. 
I mean, I, I agree. They could have probably built that up a little bit more. Maybe they were trying to not make him so like, right. like menacing. He looked very visually oh, they, imposing they, and difficult. They stole yeah. that shot from uh, Apocalypse Now with uh, Marlon right. Brando. Mm -hmm. Oh, what? brilliant. Wiping the head. Oh, yeah. The head. Just a low shadow. Oh, I love yeah. it. Like, I liked his character in it. I mean, the, the, the side of his character that I, I guess... The side of their story I didn't actually like too much was Dave Bautista mm -hmm. as Beast uh, Harkonnen. Oh, see, I thought it wasn't that he was. He was so underused in it. Exactly. But like, he didn't seem necessary. Later. Where was the other nephew? I know that they were both in there because yeah. I thought it was yeah. Batista at one point. And I was like, oh, that's a no, different Fade, actor. Fade Ralph. Yeah, he's not in it. He's, oh, he's not, not really in, in it. it yeah. So well, I, he might be in the second one. Maybe like, in the second uh, one, yeah. But like, introduced, he was but, so underutilized. But, but like, I, mean, I could have no, used. I thought, I thought he was perfect in it just in that one scene. Yeah. In that, like, you know, in that like imagine if imagine if we had gotten a scene of like Josh Brolin fighting with like Dave Bautista, right? Yeah. Imagine if we got a scene like that where and then you like really see because that symbolizes literally the struggle between the two houses in that moment. They could have done that. They could have shown that fight. And I know maybe it's not in the book, obviously, but it's like I'm here to see it. I'm, it's a movie. It's a shorter form. I need to see visually, not just read about it. And who knows uh, if they'll do it in the second one, but like if Batista is the only nephew, he's going to have to fight Paul. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They might, they might set that Cause he's going like to have to say like, bring out your champion yeah. and then he'll say, my nephew is my champion. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if they'll actually do that, but that would, I mean, they set the that up definitely with the Fremen battle at the very right. end. It's like, but who's, the death, who's your champion? Scene, I right. like him in both films, but man, this had, this was my favorite line in the film was when, uh, uh, Duke Leto said, uh, "Here I am. Here I remain." And bit down and on bit the thing. thing. <laughs> yeah. And then, but the whole room died out. Like yeah. right. it. It showed it you the poison, like anthrax. Poison like boom. yeah, because you're thinking it's like, oh, it's just gonna like do a puff of smoke, and it's mm -hmm. like, no, that killed them all. I mean, they literally just all crumpled yeah. and died. Was that like, bath he was in was pretty interesting yeah. too. I think yeah. it looked like olive oil and balsamic vinegar. Yeah, right. Like, that's what I was <laughs> like it wouldn't mix. Yeah, because yeah, it didn't like blend, and it was like a dark and a like a Either yellow way, oil. How, how do you rise from that and not not wipe your eyes? Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, it was cool. The scene with the poison too, and I know from the Lynch film, like the what's it, the Baron is wearing like a flight the suit. It's yeah, like in his spine suit because he's so heavy. Because he's so heavy, and they show him all the time in the Lynch movie, floating around, flying yeah. around. This like one they really person. didn't show it. And then when the Duke is like paralyzed in the chair and yeah. naked, which I thought was a crazy that choice, crazy, but like it interesting choice shows though. you like the disrespect. Humiliation, right? yeah. Yeah. And that made you hate the Duke even more. Right. Yeah, but then so good. they show him get up from his chair and fly across the table, but it's yeah. in the background and it's blurry. Yeah. And then he's over the dude, what you say, and he bites the poison. They could have just like showed him hitting a button that made him fly up to the ceiling. They I mean, they do cut back and he's up on the ceiling yeah. coughing, but like... It doesn't oh, make a lot of sense. No, they didn't really the show the power. The surprise is even when those cleaners come in in those hazmat suits, they're shocked that he's still... He's there. He's like... They're like... I think their shock in their eyes to me was like, if he's alive, I'm going to have to deal with it. And I know there's poison control. I have to... You know, I don't <laughs> yeah. want to have to deal with him right now. You know, yeah. like I was hoping he was dead or something. Yeah, that was an eerie shot but too. It, yeah, like, and it just pans literally, Floating yeah. across the that table cool. like that. They should yeah. have showed him like get close to the doctor, that's yeah. the spy doctor, and then maybe like float down to him. Yeah. Just to be like, this suit makes him float. Yeah. Well, yeah. I like that yeah, but he had it, better it, details it of like seeing the thing the on his back. Yeah, yeah. that was cool. And too. that was like apparent that like, okay, that's doing something for him. And then you kind of can add it up that 
Right. That's probably uh, again. I think it's all there. I yeah. just don't know how much people are going to pick up on that stuff. Yeah, and so. that's kind of like I said. If I was going to rewatch it, I would want to pick up some of those little things mm-hmm. like that with the music and mm-hmm. just to kind of see what what's there that I missed and stuff. So it was interesting. Um, any other? I'm trying to think of any other spoiler talk that we something that I to. thought was cool when they first introduced the Shy Halud, the worms. Yeah, they do it through the binoculars and through the Duke. Uh, in the craft watching yeah and, then, that, and it's that's, coming after that's that. pretty scene for scene for the right. lynch version as right. well so it's cool to see an updated Although, version like of that. patrick stewart when he they're on the comms they're like who who what vessel is this he's like don't mention the duke yeah you exactly know? yeah <laughs> right. what did you guys think of uh the sandworms i thought they were pretty epic gorgeous yeah. Yeah. especially that scene at the very end where you saw one of the riders yeah. that's like I Think like when things you, to come, man. Yeah. I could have used a shot of the scale when they run to the rocks after their plane crashes. Yeah. And he just gets there before the worm and then the worm peeks out and looks at him. Yeah. We could have used like a nice scale shot of just like Paul standing there and being like a centimeter versus the entire screen of the worm. Yeah. Right? You get a little bit of that. It was. It was just, it was just so dark. Like the, I don't know if that was maybe the theater. It was very dark. I mean, it was kind of nighttime at that point. But yeah, the film. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of scenes that were pretty dark and kind of hard to make things out. They made very effective use of the, the shadowing. Um, I liked how this, this version did a lot better of showing we're here, we're going to be rich, we're going to mine all this. And then they said, well, how much do we have to do? 25 canisters, or all these canisters 20, every 25 days, and only two have been filled. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and you're like, okay, they're way behind. Then they show the harvester, and the worm's coming to attack, and they're like, get it out of here. And that ship comes. Yeah. And the ship has four anchors the that carry-on. need to attach yeah. to it, and only yeah. three do, which I think is funny, because it's like, well, how many anchors do we need? Four. Let's put five on there. Yeah. Just I, in case that, one that was, fill, uh, you know? yeah. I was like, but, that, that seems very realistic, yeah. like they're going to make it as cheap as possible but also like if you're going to lose literally like billions of dollars if right. one of these things goes down you're going to have a safety <laughs> you're going to have that thing flying nearby yeah. ready to pick it up whenever or always attached. and you're going to have probably two or three of them mm-hmm. and you're yeah. going to have a except, safety thing attached that is like a lot easier to like right. boop, boop. Yeah, but i did except they were sabotaged right there That's were no containers at. there were no they didn't have a lot. I know. Of, yeah, I'm just like, so Ross's point. It's like you know, you're gonna do every single thing you can, especially if you're like, the oh, they like to wait for the last thing. Well, well, it's not only well, that. It's, no, it's the, me, that's the me. technology that they had that they were using before they even showed up on the planet. They were, were using the balloon machines <laughs> to fly in with the little searchers. Like that was the process they had been doing forever, yeah. right? No, so here, to Ross's point, they had billion. They were the richest, most successful house out of all of them. And you're telling me they didn't want to invest in better technology? A fifth anchor. A fifth anchor. I, or like literally a device that would come and just carry the canisters. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> me too. Well, I could give you a hundred real world, world situations where a safety concern was not addressed and uh, people died. Until after. A hundred percent. Yeah. I just, I would assume that that's happened Like before. really recently. I think or that there's been... <laughs> Been cough, cough, Boeing 737. Yeah. If you've got, well, like it doesn't even, here's, here's the other thing that makes sense. doesn't make sense to me. It's like, if you have a machine that can pick up the <laughs> machine that picks up the spice. Just make it one just machine. Just make it one machine. Yeah. <laughs> right. so just give that thing the balloons and the wings and then it picks itself up. Like, so that so, doesn't make sense. So right? beyond the funnies, well, right? I mean, you got to have funny. that scene Variety, though. Where, yeah. I don't remember if that's in the book actually. It's like you have to have that scene where it's like you show that the fails. good guys are bad guys. And, yeah. But so I, they did a great job I mean, you of can setting nitpick anything like that, you know, yeah. of setting it up until you get to the Duke and the Duke just realizes 
we weren't meant to prosper here. We were brought here to right. die. And that was a point fail. to but fail. I think right? he, yeah. he knew that. He just had to prove it to yeah. kind. Yeah. I mean, like, it's a side point, but like James Cameron talks about, everybody's like with, you know, the final scene in Titanic where, you know, Jack's, mm-hmm. you know, not able to get on the door and he, you know, she lets him go. And everybody's but like, there was a- enough room. And James yeah. Cameron is on record saying like, look, if you think there was enough room, I would have just made the door smaller. Like, he's right. going to die. Like, that's going to have to happen. Exactly. So I get that. Like something would have malfunctioned with the machine. So the balloons didn't inflate. But, but the point is for such a well-constructed, well-paced, well-thought-out, like everything has its timing and place for stuff, that just seemed arguably like a less intelligent way of doing something than made sense. I don't know. Maybe the Harkonnens are so See, just I think it dumb. was sabotaged. I don't think it was just I, I just think the Harkonnen technology was I think stupid. sabotaged by the Emperor. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 No, and so they do, I think they do a better job That was Harkonnen equipment. They sabotaged it for Duke Leto. Right. Yeah. But Kynes in the film kept on saying like, I'm just a blind observer. I don't know nothing. You know, yeah. like I can't report anything to anybody. Yeah. They did a better job yeah. too of, of showing and telling you that uh, the Baron and the, I keep, I keep reading their names, the Hurricane? Harkonnen. Harkonnen. They say. They were Lynch, taking spice yeah, Lynch, without selling it. Yeah. Yeah. Lynch and, version. Yeah. And that's how he had all the reserves. And the money for the army. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. so they were going to start selling their reserves, but not too much, you know. Yeah. So the price didn't go there too low. Yeah. Right. You know. Can't overinflate uh, the market. So that was yeah. better in this one too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. In, so in the, in the, in the Lynch version, Harkonnen. And this one, Harkonnen. Harkonnen. Harkonnen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought the emphasis they on the They kind of did like all the, I think, I guess, proper pronunciations of everything, yeah. you know? Yeah. I always thought like, it was Freeman, but I don't know. It's I, Freeman. I know it's Freeman. I say Freeman. Yeah. I always say but, Freeman. But uh, it's Leto to me, not Leto. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my big pet peeves happened in this movie where you, the, there's a main character, Paul, and you're pretty much living through him and you know all the information he knows. And he has a moment where he needs to say this information to someone. Yeah. And he just goes, never mind. Yeah. When he finally meets the girl. And I hate when they do that. Yeah. It's like, you have so much to say, you and know? You know so never, mind. never mind. Never mind. Never mind. It's like saying, like, I think we're yeah, going to be together, but you don't actually Well, yeah. Say how that. do you say that part? But you can also say, like, I've, I guess it's still creepy to be like, I've seen you in my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen visions of you. Yeah. Right. yeah. I don't feel like that's that creepy. I mean, if if she's no, saying, I thought it played really well. If and she's he told so, she's part of a very do. strong right. religious order, right, right? That believes that there's this this messiah person. She's saying she believes in that, but she doesn't believe he's the one. Right. He could say, "I feel like, arguably, I've I've seen visions of you," right. and she would be like, "Well, maybe I don't believe you," but that wouldn't be like, "Oh, that's weird." Right? Be like, well, that's a potential. And he goes through a good transition too, where he's like, "Why are they all chanting for me? They're chanting for you." Yeah, and he's like, "Well, what are they saying? Well, they believe you're this Messiah." And he and he's what's he say? He has a really good line. He's like, "It's all just prophets the, or something." Yeah, yeah. I remember. He's pretty they much believe what they were told. Yeah, they to believe. believe that they're told. Oh, to believe. Because yeah, yeah. the Benedictine has been on that plan for and 100 years. Bringing put that, that story in there, yeah. yeah. But yeah. then he goes all the way through that, you know, to actually believing that he is that Messiah. Or he's starting to believe. Maybe. He's starting to believe. I mean, I can't. Yeah, the, more, the assume, more spice he ingests, yeah, the more living the dreams he has. things that are happening, the, the reality dreams, of his yeah, yeah. dreams coming true, that there's at least some significance to, like, the abilities that you're, you're born with, right? Mm-hmm. Like. 
I, if I started seeing visions and the visions started coming true, I would have to go, yeah, I think I'm special. Right. <laughs> I don't know what I am, but I'm definitely special. So I love that yeah. freak out in the tent with his mom. That that one really surprised me. Can we me. talk about the yeah. tent too? I loved that it was the same material as the uh, water suit, whatever they call those uh, things. Yeah. yeah that was right? Which cool. was the same still, as the mouse ear. Yeah. Right? Still suits. Yeah. Still suits. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really effective. I mean, they didn't tell you too much about it. They just basically said, just like, hey, we have the survival kit. Mm hmm. And that's it. And then you go in and then they show you like little brief snippets of like, here's the water running through the suit mm -hmm. or through the tent. I mm -hmm. thought that was really cool too. I, I I liked all that. I liked the tech. I didn't, there was nothing about any of the science fiction except for the, which I know they're from the book. They can't do anything about it, but the, the, the uh, flapping. Ornithopters. The ornithopters. Yeah. Which I get Badass, it. I love them. I just, they looked really cheesy to me. <laughs> I was you like. See, I thought to me, they were like. Yeah. I thought they looked so real because I think yeah. they really were. I think they were actual constructed pieces. Yeah. Like, I don't know how they filmed the flying, but. Uh, probably CG. There were certain. <laughs> I would imagine computer graphics. Yeah. No, I'm thinking maybe they just hung it and then did the background, but they looked real. Like I loved all the controls. I loved that nothing was like some. Yeah, there's a lot of overdone hologram. Here. Oh, yeah. I'll just put my hand in the air and. Uh, it is crazy what shit. was allowed to be technology in the movie, though, because I'm thinking about when he first gets to Dune and he's learning about the worms, yeah, the sandworms, and he's got a like a 2018 iPhone projector. Yeah, I thought that was <laughs> yeah, yeah. on the bed with him, yeah. and it's like, well, why is that allowed to be? Yeah, they don't talk because like they don't talk about how technology is limited. Mm -hmm. because of the emperor's decree basically that they're limited to only certain kinds of technology and that's why they have the guy that he asks him about the money that it costs to fly there and he's like the mathematical yep. dude like oh that's what know, i was gonna say before we talk about spoilers i'm talking about the two women that yeah. just look at each other oh we're past spoilers yeah, yeah. so i was talking about yeah. that earlier but then you're right the accountant guy you ask him how much do they spend to get here yeah. eyes roll up in the head comes back down says a number right they Which could have done something world. like that for the women i'm not saying their yeah. eyes had to roll up in their head but like some kind of sign that they were engaging in mental telepathy battles. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. That would have made that would have made a lot of sense in the script. I like the like hand that, signaling yeah. too. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was fun. cool. I yeah. mean, that was cool, like little touch. They had the hand signals there. I mean, I was like, man, I need to invent something like that for for me and a couple other people. You just I know, in an awkward right. situation, let's go home. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I'm like within one scene, Dr. Yui was speaking in another language as to as give Paul more advice. And then uh, Jessica was uh, also motioning another sign language. They like it was like three different translations going on right. in one scene. Yeah, but the best yeah. translation thing was uh, Harkonnen, I guess. Or is that where they're talking to the? They want to hire the army, and she goes, "Put it in silence mode," or what she say? Yeah, uh, si yeah, silent or like silence mode or something yeah. like that with the cone of silence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it was cool, like in the surround sound, where it's like all then you heard was the room. Yeah. You'd hear a little bit. And like, I love that. Like, right. that was like a, I think the only David Lynch homage was the inverted spider thing. Yeah. And he, and she goes, tell it to leave. He's like, it doesn't understand you. And then she uses the voice right. and he just starts scrolling away. Yeah. It's See, that could awesome have been used scene. more effectively to make, I think the, the, um, the Baron look probably a little bit more evil. Mm -hmm. Like if he had explained like, oh yes. Or we like saw the beginnings of him creating that or mm -hmm. something like that. Or he's like. Yes, this was a child from a planet that, you know, we invaded that I decided to do some I don't experimentation. Know what that was. Exactly. Yeah. But like they could have done something like done that. Something. Yeah. That would have that's a good point. instead of like this is just a creature that exists, that's my pet. Mm -hmm. It's like they could have turned that into a more menacing side of who the Baron is. But 
it's not that I felt like he was a bad villain. He's a good villain, but he just he he lacked any like actionable sense of like he's an evil dude, and his evilness was more in the way he talked, the way he looked, his physical presence, kind of on the scene. Because at that, because at this point, you're basically like, you know, the they're the Atreides family. The house is more sympathetic. They're nicer. They, you know, they're good people. You can tell that they're like kind of like the heroes of the story. And you basically just don't like the Harkonnens because they betray. They didn't betray, but like they killed a bunch of the Atreides people who mm-hmm. didn't really need to didn't deserve that. I guess you could say. So they're evil for that reason. But they're not like evil, evil, right? They're just like, they're kind of bad and they they treat the Fremen really bad. They're just willing to like kill the cultures and stuff. And that's evil. I'm I'm making them sound like they're good people, but I'm not trying to do that. To to me, it's like, is Darth Vader more evil when he's sitting in a boardroom discussing how evil they're going to be or when he's ripping a lightsaber through a a terminal and choking dudes out? You needed to see him see them doing the evil things not right. just talking about the evil things that they yeah, were gonna Vader do right off the bat choked a dude to death and yeah. threw him to then the side you know right yes. yeah. and that's why <laughs> like, that scene if there was any doubt of the black right uh, that's why the scene at the end yeah. where um you know he's got oscar isaac the duke atreides naked in the chair and he's just sitting there eating that was effective right Agreed. because you're you're seeing how jaded and like whatever he is about this and that was just so evil and then he just kills the guy. But like if we'd and, seen. And how long uh, was he sitting there? You know, like yeah. he is eating a meal. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because they could have cool. just had him been like more food. And they yeah. could have been, they could have said something like, that's your fourth meal. Yeah. Right? And he just no, kills just somebody. That, right. Just <laughs> that licking of the lips and literally that slow crawl over the table. Yeah. All the way down to Dr. Yui. That dude's still chewing obnoxiously. Yeah. You know? It was still it's like. like <laughs> yeah. <really> annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Some people don't like that. I hate that it. That's sound. why I don't go to movie theaters. Yeah. That's that sound right there. <laughs> I like that sound. Yeah, I like it with this. Is I like it on pets. Is that weird? Like on dogs? Like if you feed them, oh, like, yeah. a, like a treat, and they're like, nom, nom, nom. Yeah, like that's kind of cute. cute. But when you hear it on people, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I'm trying to think. If there's anything else we didn't? Well, I want to. I want to. I want to kind of talk about the Sardaukar uh, warriors. Okay. Yeah, uh, I love that scene. Where literally, if you watch, you know that. Kind of like pyramid, all those inverted dead people that the blood flowed down. That that's what they used to. Oh yeah, that was dark. To that mark was evil. their heads. I'm yeah. like, man. Yeah, that see, that was, was evil. Just like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That that again, you got some more of that. Uh, it was so perfect though. Type, uh, yeah. right? Uh, religious. It's like we keep almost. saying it's it's all there. Mm-hmm. You just have to look at it. Yeah. Look for it. Right? Well, it's like you yeah. see them all bowing, kind of sitting there, and you're like, okay, this is some sort of like pre-war religious thing yeah that legion together and then you see the the red on his head and you're like is that blood that looks like blood and then it jumps to like oh these people and you're like oh that is blood that's Mm -hmm. oh i thought that was really effectively and that army is like the most powerful well-trained army ever and they actually were yeah yeah Yeah. like unless you're jason momoa (laughs) and then you're pretty you know get them at the end but uh but uh there was i love their silence like yeah. they are literally like stealth people, like such when they're floating down. Yeah, that's what I that mean. That was eerie. Yeah, but yeah, then you see the like, freemen come out of the. That was cool. The yeah, reversal. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love I love that that a detail is the fremen saw that speck of a shadow, and then again talk about scale when it pans up. That Sardaukar soldier's like 
mm-hmm. you know, a speck in that yeah, scene. Yeah, barely see it. But and I thought it was, like, a, I thought it was a mouse at first. And I go, oh, that's one of the. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then from that, you know, they literally yeah. are, are submerged in the in the sand, ready yeah. to attack. And then when they come down, yeah, it's a completely silent scene. Yeah. Like one thing that was a minor, like why type thing, the ornithopter scene where I liked, I loved it a lot. The scene with his mom, where he finally uses the voice effectively for the first time. Sound design was awesome. On the that sound too. design was awesome. That was very effective. Um, it was such a cool scene. But the fact that they're flying, they landed, and then they like freeze it because mm-hmm. it's like they suspected of they it. They crippled it or whatever. They, they crippled said. it. Yeah. Why didn't they do that to the one that Jason Momoa was in? Right. I didn't understand that. I was like, they know he's literally flying around destroying stuff. They're trying to kill him. Why didn't they stop him? In or the one, one that the uh, Fremen doctor shows up in, yeah. and, and rescues Paul in the morning. Right. I'm like, what? And then they fly what? again. I, I was in my mind, I was like, are they going to crash again? Yeah. I thought that was a cool scene floating around like, in the storm. I like how yeah, that, was cool. that was pretty neat. It was very, like how... that was very Star Wars though. I will say, <laughs> trust the force. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> trust the wind, you know, just floating around. Yeah. There was a scene when, before he got into that, he killed like three Harkonnen soldiers. And then he was running to the other ones and he just like pointed at them and they started running. Yeah. I think one thing I would have enjoyed if they had made a bigger, a bigger point of early in the story was the whole, like Paul's never killed anybody. Mm-hmm. Like if he had gotten in a fight with somebody and- he, Or when he was training with the gunny or whatever, gurney. Yeah. That was more about like, you have to be committed to fighting. You right? could have and said be, like, you need to be ready to kill. Right. You've never killed. Right. So right. it's like when you finally see him and it's like, he's never killed anybody. Oh no. I'm like, well, that's never really been an issue. Yeah, exactly. Until now. <laughs> exactly. So he hasn't I guess, needed to love, kill like, It's more of like, is he going to kill? It's interesting. But yeah. not like, oh my gosh, the stakes are so high. Right. No, I love the steel, steel guard line. It, is he toying with him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I will yeah. say, so in the Lynch one, when he's having the visions, he's narr- there's narration happening. Right. And uh, shameless plug, but when you read my book, uh, the character can meld into other people's okay. memories, yeah. right? <laughs> and so you get that narration and the effect of what they're seeing. At the end of this movie, towards the end, Paul is leaning against a rock, watching the fight that yeah. he's having. Yeah. And it's very, uh, we, it's very Doctor Strange telling Iron Man, we fight a million times, how many do we win? One. Right. Yeah. So he's watching it over and over again. Okay, I win this way. Yeah, right. He, I don't know. You don't get a sense of that in this movie. Well, I think to that me. to me, I agree. I very much agree. That scene was uh, setting you up to think he was going to lose because it kept saying you need to die. Right. You need to take this. They're not showing that you that he's stab, watching himself right. fight this guy and like what if well, I did he this? Gets stabbed. What if I do this? They don't show you. They don't show him overcoming. Right. So the weird thing about that scene is what's happening is correct. What you're saying is that he's seeing the way to win the fight. Right. He's seeing the vision. It almost looked like he was seeing a vision of the fight before it took place and he was going to lose not i'm i'm looking through all the different ways that right. i can win this so it was a very odd thing and the only me. reason you know that is because the uh what's the uh, the female group called that can see the or they're making the ben, ben Jesuit. Yeah, yeah so the the main woman of that says something like he's going to be the bridge between space and time yeah right so he's yeah. already seeing what's going to happen what can happen what yeah. will happen Right. Yeah. So you know that that's what he's seeing. He's seeing what can happen in that fight, what's going to happen in that fight, what yeah. will happen in that fight. Well, I but you don't vision, get that without the narration. Again, yeah. The, yeah. The vision is to illustrate that Paul Atreides is dying. Yeah. But right. Muad'Dib is rising. You right. Know, like, yeah. And that makes sense. Yeah. It's just they showed that through the actual means. Variations of anything, though. Like it would have made more sense if. if they had shown him dying in a different way, I guess, than he's getting stabbed in the fight because- But that's what I mean. That's Paul dying in that vision. 
Yeah, I get it. I'm because they do. This. They do say you need to die to be reborn. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and I, I thought that I was actually dumbing it down because it's actually whispered at that moment. You know, I I totally get it, but it's just again, it it if it's happening in that exact fight that he's having, and he's capable of seeing enough to be able to like fight around that to to be successful in the in the battle and in the fight, they should have shown him. I think in that vision seeing some of the moves and winning not winning the fight but maybe winning like a couple like he effectively deflects right but i'm the other guy away but i'm saying that's not how the like the vision is used it's like it's like a dream and you have to like decipher the dream we saw him get but i get what ross is saying he was like looking Mm -hmm. for a way to win the fight not i don't think that's yeah, yeah, he he possessed the skill to kill Janice. Right. He had like so um what confused what confused me earlier was he was having visions of Janice and I'm like he kills Janice. So how can he have yeah, then a when Jan- with Janice? But that's showing you the difference right. what will so, happen what can happen. But that's kind of like the, no that that was That's kind of like that the was, difficulty that I had with the visions because No, that was his vision with Duncan Idaho. They showed him in other visions being killed. They showed other people in the visions getting killed and that happened. That wasn't because they needed to like rise up. That was literally just in his vision. What's happening is happening, right? That was the first time in a vision where it was like, it's a metaphorical thing in a deeper way that we recognize in the moment. So I get your point, but there's like, like you can't suddenly start, well, the visions could be this and the visions could be that and the visions could be that without any explanation for what those but the explanation are, is right? the very first line of the movie, which is dreams are messages from the deep. It's not saying dreams are facts from the deep. They're messages. Yeah. Right? All I can say is spices of hell, spices of hell of a drug. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, the other time I missed the narration too is when he puts his hand in the box. Yeah. And then the woman's like, it's only pain in there. Yeah. yeah right? that, that was the only like scene for scene when you're comparing the two that this I like the Lynch version right. because it's yeah. Paul Atreides that is reciting the litany against fear. Yeah. 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 And not like her. Like, yeah. And not the mom whispering it. So I don't yeah. know if their minds are melding or whatever's happening. Maybe. Yeah. But I just thought, yeah, I didn't think. Hmm. I like that scene. I thought it was good, but I agree. Well, I love yeah. the scene, yeah. but good. Yeah. yeah. It's a perfect instance to reminisce on the litany against fear <laughs> like it, <laughs> especially when you, used by paul it was yeah. just especially yeah. when you bring it back and they're in the plane or uh-huh. the aircraft and it's getting hit by the sandstorm and yeah. he recites kind of that same thing he does yeah. yeah and that's the moment where he has to learn to overcome his fear mm-hmm. and everything like that so yeah uh, but uh yeah kyle mclaughlin the pain <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i mean because lynch has visuals over the burning of the hand and stuff and it it's interlaced I mean, they kind of do the same thing, you know. But yeah. Overall, I uh, so. But it just works with that with that monologue of the the litany against fear. I yeah. love it. I also love that he says, "Mother, you're pregnant," mm-hmm. right? And yeah. then they never say anything again because they're not like it's not like a saw movie where it's like, "Well, don't worry, we'll recap this yeah. at the end." You know, <laughs> no, she's, like, she's in the desert as they're walking, and she holds her stomach. Right. But they don't yeah. just flat out like when uh, Javier's character is like, we need to fight then to see who has the power and the mother steps forward. It's not like the son, Paul, comes out and goes, she's pregnant. Don't hit her. Yeah. Oh. You know, yeah. like, but that's what modern movies would do. They would. Yeah. yeah so it's just nice. Yeah, there's no handholding in this film at all. I think right. we can pretty much all agree to that. That's, <laughs> why, that's why I enjoy multiple watches and I enjoy a film that like, not, uh, it makes me want to watch it again, you know? Yeah. 
I'm going to probably try and watch again for that reason at some point. And I'd almost yeah. like try Blade Runner again. Yeah. But uh, I think that's like... Uh, yeah. It's my favorite film of all time. I'm excited right for now. a couple things. I'm excited because I know the mother's pregnant, right? I know what becomes of that. And I want to see how they do it this time. And, but I'm also nervous yeah, this, how they're going to age him up. I, I hope Because time passes. Him. Yeah. But there was a shot after like the jihad was taking place that he's on that ship. And they're dressed all in black. He looks pretty badass. Right. And yeah. then and then he trains the Fremen in the voice techniques. And yeah. I'm kind of excited to hear like how that's gonna sound with the sound production and like I'd be very well, frustrated the, if they the didn't sound do like, modules. Part two of this. The sound yeah. modules are like a David Lynch thing. I don't think that's actually in the book. So I don't think Oh, you don't think they'll even No, but I love the Shawnee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like uh We'll see how yeah. deep they get into it. I I I but I it's, love that sound stuff in, in the Lynch one. Right. It's doing well financially. Like, it's probably going to make its money back. Um, including advertising? I, I, but think I don't it, know if it's including advertising. I think, I think it already made it money, its money back into uh, Europe. Because I'm hearing well, 130 production or production budget was 165 I think it's up to... I haven't checked it recently here. Let me look. Do we you have about weekend box office, too? I'd be curious. Yeah, so worldwide, it's done 220 so if Great. if you do 165 and then add marketing budget, which is usually double, it needs to return back close to 300 million to be pretty successful. Um, and this is opening weekend. It's so. opening weekend, so it'll probably make it there, I think. But I, is and, it going to be like and a HBO numbers do matter? In yeah, some but is it going to be like a huge, you know, financial boon for them? I don't know. I don't think it's going to be unless unless it really it's does impossible well with other when stuff. When you're releasing the film. On HBO at the same time. Yeah, it's but impossible. my point is, um, are they going to be able to make enough financial return from this to want to invest in a part two, which in all intents and purposes, they're going to question like, well, if this one didn't do that well, can we really expect the second one to do that well? Whoever allowed this film to get made knew what they were getting. That's what I think. I, I think it's a combination of factors. I think... Yes, but I also think I think it's I do think it's a if movie. I'm a studio head and I'm looking at this and I'm like, we returned maybe 20, 30, 40 million on this, which is a decent return. But the second film probably will be less. I don't, maybe it'll be, it'll more, be more popular, more expensive, though, but it'll probably be more expensive not when you have all your sets and all there's your a lot of factors more to come oh, yeah. back. Yeah, you got it. Well, not when you killed half of them. <laughs> That's true. But they're going to have new actors maybe that come in. And I, I don't not know. I'm not saying all they're I not going to make it. The only new character I see is Fade. Right. I, I think do you have the uh, maybe, there's a lot of wrong, factors but... that are at play with this and all I'm oh, saying Princess is that Princess Irola and maybe the Emperor. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at the budget and you look at the return that they're making from this film, it's not oh. insane. Oh, and the wow. time. I, the time spent. Right. The maybe. time spent, the the effort that's put in this, which I don't think they care about because mm. they'll give it but, to um, Denis Villeneuve. And... But I'm saying what I well, uh, what I'm hearing is there's gonna be a part two. Would I? I won't believe that until it? the no, paper. Yeah, I wouldn't either. believe that until the papers are signed. No, I, mean, I don't. It, and it's it's so different than if it was pre-pandemic, you know, yeah. and we didn't have, you know, any delay. Like if this movie came out in 2020, yeah. when it was supposed. I feel like was, if if you're was it 2019 or 20? No, 2020. Yeah, it I feel was like supposed to come out. If your yeah, plan is, was. we're going to make this movie. And it's going to take two movies to do it. And we're yeah. going to end it right here, which is a pretty big cliffhanger. Why are you not filming the entire thing at once? 
I think it's budget. budget. I think they didn't want to put that much budget into it. I, I, that's got to be it, right? right? There's, There's no that, reason not to do both. That's what blows but... me away. Is this is not a big, big budget. It's not a big, big budget. I mean, it's, it's you know. It's big, but I mean, it to me, it looks amazing. What I would say is it's pretty big for a sci-fi film these days. I mean, yeah. most films of this magnitude are, you know, a slightly lower caliber Marvel film or something. But I mean, I don't know. I, I think if they can return... I'll wait and see. Maybe they think it's worth the investment into the second film. Yeah, I think or something it, like that. Or it's, maybe they look at the numbers that Lynch's film still gets, and maybe they're yeah, just like, they you know, at, if we can you know, just they get look at a Blade years. Runner, yeah, you know, nineteen eighty Blade Runner flopped, and it is hailed as you know the definitive science fiction movie ever made. You know, yeah, and they didn't make a sequel to it until <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, thirty, forty, fifty years later because right. it, and they kept re-releasing the original one with different versions. To try and get new traction and everything like that. So I again I, I'm not saying they're not gonna make it. I, I would just say I think they're based upon where it's at right now, I say it's fifty fifty in my mind, whether but or not they'll make it. At the same time, I think they will because everything's content starved, you know. So if you already have something in production, I know they have the script written, I know they have concept art, I know a lot of it's already done. Yeah. I think it'll they'll go ahead. I hope so. Yeah. yeah but hope. I hope numbers look good. What'd you say the weekend for US was? Well, overall they've overall it's been uh 40 million in the in in domestic. Um worldwide it's been 180, so we're at 220,000 220 40 million. million for the weekend though. That's yeah. really good, I think. Yeah. It is. I well, maybe I they're going to wait and see is, what yeah. happens in the following weeks. You know what I mean? I I they probably have a dollar amount threshold in mind, which I don't know what it is, but it's like yeah, it's got to return 300, mm-hmm. 400 thou- million, and then we'll we'll be green light for a second one. But it would really stink if they didn't do a second one because they left it in such like a cliffhanger spot. It's kind of like, what? <laughs> I mean, I guess people that like it and are like, why didn't they ever make a second one? We can say, well, go watch the Lynch thing and you'll get the rest of the story. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, or read the book. Or you read know? the book. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot that they could make from the Dune universe. Like if they were to try and set this up as a, there's prequel books, there's sequel books, there's Midquel books. There's yeah. There's children doing. There's Messiah. There's uh, like all this content that they could harvest. But if there's not an audience that they think is out there, to, then they're not going to do it. You know. So I don't know. Mm. We'll see. Maybe they'll do like a. They could. I, I could also see him doing like a. It's on HBO. They could do a limited run. You know, prequel series on on HBO or something like well, that. As good as Foundation yeah. looks, I'm like, do it that way. I don't mm-hmm. care. Yeah. I actually, I actually show. prefer the ten-hour content of a TV show versus yeah, so the two-hour. Well, I thought about. It. I'm like this. They could have, le- they could have legitimately done a four-part series. Make it four hours for long. HBO and just make each one like an hour long, hour and a half long, or an hour and twenty fifteen. Well, like minutes I or something. said, like why, why? You know, they could have done that. Mm-hmm. What's the point of having a runtime when you you know it's going to go on HBO Max or something? You know, have a theatrical. Yeah, but then, like to me, you're you're. It's like the Justice League. You're you're making money off the same stupid thing. Like, cut it for a theatrical release. Yeah. Because everybody's crying about run times. Like, they got to be somewhere. And then <laughs> have... Mostly the best. You know, six months later. I think it's more just this is a really long film and I'm <laughs> bored. But I get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying, well, you can walk out, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Don't take your vape break. But, uh... <laughs> Uh, look. <laughs> I'm going to leave the film three-fourths of the way through because it's too long. But I'm saying, uh, <laughs> no, I'm saying, and then six months later, give me that four or five-hour director cut 
and then I'll be excited about your streaming service instead of taking away from the film. Yeah. yeah. And then give me something slightly more yeah. when it's released. You know, like yeah. I just don't feel like they're playing it that way. Like also in a world where I know most actors running time, give me two hours of the film in theater and then the rest on your, your stupid streaming platform. I'll go home and sign up for it. For, yeah. 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 Um, most actors and stuff aren't saying like, I'm only signing up for an hour and 58 minute movie. If it's an hour 59 or more, you have to pay me more. Yeah. So like, if you can do that, like why not do the four part TV series? All the actors are there. Every, yeah. All the stories there. Make it all at once. Yeah. Release it one hour at a time. I'm surprised they didn't try and do the whole entire thing right. at once. I mean, it would have made more sense, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not the studio head. I'm not the person that's putting this whole you thing together. Be. You have my vote. But yeah. again, I, I, <laughs> I don't know I if I want that role. Jeez, <laughs> I, I really recommend nowadays. your first experience being in Adobe Cinema to to watch it. Not, it's a great one to not watch. Not on your television. Yeah, it's a great one to watch in theaters. I would agree. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. We were pretty far back. We were in the very back row, and which yeah. was nice because you can see more of the picture. But they definitely don't mix it for the mm-hmm. for the back row of the theater. So yeah, I would if, have liked to have been a little closer, personally. And if you're interested, well, I'm going to go see it again for sure. Yeah, uh, if you're interested it, for the contact fifth time. Dave, yeah. you can go see it with him. <laughs> but if you're, well, I mean, if you're interested in the David Lynch, I recommend watching all versions. Yeah, because there's extended cuts. There's like six, know, right? Something like that. I don't know, but they're fan edit ones, yeah. and uh, like there's a fan edit that almost gets it right, but he cuts out this Jessica and Duke Leto scene, mm-hmm. uh, where they, where it's they a actually, actually you are watching Lynch watch the movie, you don't actually see the. <laughs> I movie, would actually but... watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's that's Lost Highways, but yeah, uh, uh, there's a scene with them that is like beautiful, and it actually talks about the consummation of. Uh, Alia, mm-hmm. her future, you know, daughter, daughter, yeah. yeah, and and it's an amazing scene, but this extended fan edit, whatever, perfect cuts that scene out. I was like, what? Yeah, anyway. you'll make your own cut there, Dave. You should make the I fan fan edit. There, yeah. No, I'm, I'm just edit. saying. <laughs> I'm saying, don't edit for content. I want all the deleted scenes. Every scene in one cut, and I guess I'm gonna yeah, have just to give do us it like the Snyder cut. I'm gonna have to right. do it myself. I want every shot that was rolled. I want <laughs> right. six different versions of the same scene. Because I want get, like, the action click. I, exactly. I want to see the the sticks clicking <laughs> and calling roll. No, just but kidding. you're trying to find a <laughs> definitive one that has a lot of yeah. I'm just cut teasing. footage. I'm right. just joking. Yeah. But I mean, like, why isn't there one just with it all? Like, I hope they announce they're going to make the sequel, which they need to do. And then we get too much. Then we get an extended cut of this. Yeah. But I I mean, I I love uh, Lord of the Rings. They're like my favorite films. I've watched all the extended versions. And even me, I'm like, okay, I, I, I love that shot. I love that it's in there, but I get why they cut it. You know, like. But they had, they had my my other favorite line is, uh, I should have married you to Jessica in bed. That was, that was nice. Yeah. I or I thought, like we'd have, a I thought we'd have more time. In the Lynch version, yeah. which is, again, in that scene. Yeah. I love it. But, I think uh, their relationship was something that I would have liked to see more of. That was another thing. I was like, yeah, but I eh, thought it's so the, brief. It's like- But in the very little time go. that they had, I thought they, they showed a lot more of the dynamics to it. Yeah. And he even says, I thought we'd have more time. Yeah. he's. I love that scene where he's like, yeah. Well, you protect well, shows, Paul. She goes, with my life. He goes, not as I'm mother. It shows about the, that the, he the, knew. The yeah. It shows that he knew what was happening. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't handle you there, but like he knew what he was signing up for when he 
put his seal on the paper and said yeah. like we're gonna do this like and that's there's a depth there that i like that's yeah. the depth of filmmaking that you hope to see yeah it's dr yui right and it's show don't tell everything yeah but it's also can be too bad and i think it did both in this film it did a great job with the non-handholding but then in other ways i think we needed a little bit more handholding right. but well, what they did was like, you need an IQ of at least 90 to watch this film. Unfortunately, the average IQ is yeah, 70. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Right. That's true. Yeah. yeah. You have to like take a, a test before you go right. to watch the movie. It's like, we're not going to let you buy a ticket. You're just not smart enough. Right. So, yeah, that'd be bad. Yeah, so. But I like smart movies. I like movies so. made. That sounds dirty. I like movies made for adults. Yeah. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> Careful. So, no program is this biggest flaw, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Just kidding. Cool. Well, uh, we can go ahead and wrap things up. Um, right, some ways for you guys to get people connected to you again. We're yep. talking about here, the Dave. TheVasic.com. And then uh, it will have links to everything else like Instagram. It's like at the Vasic, at the underscore Vasic, V-A-S-I-C. But yeah. Sounds good. Ross Caligiuri, DreamingTheShadows.com. It's got all my socials and emails and all that stuff on there. Absolutely. And uh, as always, uh, check out our website, RealReadMedia.com. We also have Facebook slash RealReadMedia. A real review, uh, the real review. We're, <laughs> we're posting content up there, mostly just the episodes at this point, and uh, love to get connected. Uh, so check out our website, uh, shoot us a line. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the film or anything we talked about. Realreviewmedia at gmail.com. Uh, I'm Joel, and it's I'm been, Ross. Uh, it's yep. been great. And Dave here. Dave. And I'm going on Monday if anybody wants to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's been real.